everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And it's spooky season. Um, yes. If I knew how to add, like, sound effects to ours, I would have added some sound effects there. Um, I'm obviously still sick, so I don't sound as good today, but, and I'm wearing a mask, so... Just, you know, it is what it is. Um, I had COVID for the first time in the past, well, since I've had COVID for the first time and hit me like a ton of bricks, so. Yeah, you were pretty, pretty exhausted. Well, I was pretty sick. Yeah. So, it wasn't just exhaustion. It, it hit you a lot harder than it hit me. Sickness, yeah. So, Disney so. gave me COVID. And I said, was it worth it? And Emma said, Yes. Well, I'm not going to not live my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're, yeah. So you're right. It is what it is. It happened. Um, I quarantined my five days, and here we are. So. And you're masking for my safety, which I appreciate, because my masks are cloth and apparently very hard to hear through. So. And I don't mind wearing a mask. Um, so. Well, and we're over six feet apart, and I'm four times shot it now so hopefully i sound okay is the moral of that story yep um i can hear you fine okay so i'm gonna be starting um the starting us off here so this episode was supposed to come out on tuesday on your which was my birthday (laughs) so unfortunately we weren't able to put an episode out on your birthday but that's okay next next time next year well, it won't be my birthday next year, but in the next, whatever, six years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, we decided we were going to do the same format we did last year, where we pick a state yep. and talk about the state. Um, so, the state that I picked to talk about first this year is the state of Missouri. Ooh. Um, and I got into this story and I was planning to do like a bunch of different places and yeah. then it turned out that like my first place I talk about I like really went into in depth detail about. Okay. So I think I'm only talking about like three and I could literally do a whole nother episode on Missouri if I wanted to. That's good to know. Um so there might be a Missouri part two, maybe it might not be this year, but Maybe some other time. So okay, sounds good to me. Um, I love the the haunted ones. I know Allie doesn't listen to these ones, but yeah. I think they're fun. Okay, so let's get into it. The first place we're going to visit in the state of Missouri is going to be the Missouri State Penitentiary, which is also known as the Walls. The Missouri State Penitentiary opened its doors all the way back in 1836 and was the oldest continually operating penitentiary west of the Mississippi River. It was Missouri's primary maximum security prison until it officially closed its doors in 2004. Holy shit. So, yeah, almost 200 years. Well, give or take. Sort of, but pretty close to 200 years. Damn. Um, It was even given the title, the, quote, bloodiest 47 acres in America, end quote, by Times Magazine in 1967. At its peak, the penitentiary housed 5,200 inmates, 
Now, I'm sure you can assume with a title like that, this place has more than its fair share of hauntings and spooky occurrences. Yes. One of the places said to be haunted is the penitentiary's gas chamber. Oh. Built in 1937 by prison inmates, the gas chamber would become the location of 40 executions, which included the deaths of some pretty infamous criminals, such as Claude McGee, who murdered a man in Jefferson County and actually escaped from the prison in 1945 before being recaptured. George Bell, who was charged in the Peso... Peso... Are you hungry? You want queso some massacre? Queso dip. Peso, I said. Oh, I heard queso. No, like P-A-S-E-O. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> and no, I don't have any taste. Sorry. So. <laughs> oh, stuck. No. Jesus. Sorry, smell. So I don't want queso. It's just a waste of queso. <laughs> Amen. Um, When he killed four Kansas City police officers. Damn. Which actually would be maybe kind of an interesting story yeah. to do sometime. Yeah. And Bonnie B. Hetty, who you should oh. know, um, you talked about in your Killer Couples episode. I did. She was one half of the couple who kidnapped and killed six-year-old Bobby Greenlees. Um, so she God, was that was such a sad story. Killed in the gas chamber. Also, how fucked <laughs> is it that they made the prisoners build the gas chamber? Like, I mean, it's kind of fucked. Um, no comment. Um, <laughs> at the prison, there were many riots, murders, and escape attempts. However, the biggest event in the prison's history occurred in September of 1954 when an extremely violent riot broke out. On September 22nd, two inmates fiend illness, and when two guards came to investigate, they were overpowered and one was beaten severely. Yikes. The two prisoners then stole their keys and released other prisoners. It didn't take long for several hundred inmates to be running loose through the penitentiary, smashing windows and furnishings, and setting fires in prison shops. When midnight rolled around, the Missouri Highway Patrol, police from Kansas City and St. Louis, and the National Guard had all surrounded the prison. I have a feeling this doesn't end well. At this time, four buildings were on fire and nearly 2,500 rioters were causing carnage. The next morning, 18 men were chosen to lead the way into the cell blocks where about 300 rioters were holed up in a four-story building. Other Other officers were on the roof and just over 100 officers were outside the prison yard as a second wall of defense. Before the 18 men could go in, Officers on the roof were forced to open fire on convicts in the prison yard who refused to go back inside. The building the rioters were holed up in had broken windows and four inches of standing water on the floor. The men ordered the rioter, the 18 men ordered the rioters to go into the nearest cell and be quiet or be shot. One man who did not comply was killed, and after that, the rioters were like, okay, they're serious. Yeah, they're not messing around. Um... At the end of the riot, four inmates were dead. One who was in solitary confinement had been tortured and murdered by other inmates. And oh another 50 inmates were injured and one had attempted suicide. Oof. Um, four officers were also injured. Um, thankfully, though, no prisoners were able to escape during the incident. Wow. After the prison closed its 
closed it fell in disrepair until it opened up as a tourist attraction offering paranormal tours often led by former inmates and guards that would be really interesting to kind of like have that history and like that personal experience with you know a tour guide who was there yeah that'd be kind of interesting in um, cell block A, the oldest building on the property, reports of footsteps, unearthly noises, and the feeling of being touched, um, the overwhelming smell of body odor, Gross. apparitions, and movements in the darkness Darkness have been reported by visitors. If I ever heard an unearthly noise, that I just would like... What do you think an unearthly noise is? I don't... What do you mean? Like... What's it sound like? Yeah. I don't. Because, like, to, attempt. to me, it's like a screech of some short, sort. I would like, say, like, a grunt or, like, or like a, a growl, maybe. A growl Ooh, or, yeah, a growl something. would scare the shit out of me. I don't know. I just don't like that um, description. Yeah, no, it's not great. It is also known that equipment often malfunctions here and disembodied voices have been caught on recorders. Some, al- some have also felt an invisible force breathing down their necks. In cell number 48, a prisoner who was known to be a snitch was bludgeoned to death by a sledgehammer during the riot of 1854. So, so that was the one that was in solitary? Second. This is a different riot. Oh. Oh. oh the my other God. one was in like 19 oh, okay. something. 50 something. Oh, yeah. This right. one was in 1854. Sorry. In this. I forget numbers easy. Cell, people have reported having strange, heavy feelings and a human figure has been caught on camera. Oh, no, I don't like that. In the control room, there is an entity known as Fast Jack who likes to hang around. He's usually he usually spotted wearing a white lab coat and carrying a clipboard and is thought to be a trustee who worked in the medical facilities. He is known to open doors as well as being seen in hallways only to disappear by vanishing through walls or appearing for a short moment then vanishing again. There has been females seen in vintage clothing, men seen in outdated prison uniforms, and even the ghost of children and dogs, which I don't know how that correlates, but... Well, (coughs) sometimes, like, wardens would live with their families, like, either at the prison. Yeah, but I feel like they would have, like, said that. Yeah, that's true. Throughout the facility, you can hear cell doors slam, loud banging, see shadowy figures, the smell of cigarette smoke, objects being mysteriously moved, and fast-moving entities. There has been reports of the feeling of dread, a sense of sorrow, and a feeling of being watched. Now, if any of these sounds fun to you, um, of course, like I mentioned, they do host tours um you can also take a ghost hunting class oh my god cute stay overnight or keep your stays short and sweet to just about two or three hours okay that's cool sorry your dog just punched me in the face that's why you're kind of baiting him so i'm petting him (laughs) um the next haunted spot we're going to be talking about is the lemp mansion this sounds familiar um the lemp mansion is located in St. Louis and claims to be the most haunted place in the city 
And at one point, Life Magazine even named it one of the top 10 most haunted places in America, which I kind of feel like when you do your research, you kind of hear that a lot, yeah, don't you? Yeah, because I got that too from a couple places. They're like, yeah. is it the most haunted place in America? And I'm like, no, not even sort of. I wonder what is actually the most haunted place in America. I feel like it's got to be like one of the big ones, like one of the big penitentiaries, like Missouri State or Ohio State or... Um, there's one in Pennsylvania that was like an insane asylum. I don't remember what it, I don't think it's Penn, Penn State. Yeah, Penn State could be. I don't think insane asylum is p- politically correct anymore. I, I'm i sorry. Mental I don't, health facility. <laughs> but it's, that's the name of, it's Penn State Mental Asylum, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, the owners of the mansion were the Lemp family. The Lemp family started a brewery in St. Louis who made light beers, which was a vast difference to the dark lager that most places were making in the area. The mansion uh, was built in 1868 by William Lemp's father-in-law, a short distance from the Lemp Brewery. Willer- I think Ghost Adventures goes here. Oh, probably. Um, And I think I just watched the episode, and that's why I'm like, why is this so familiar? One of these is, like, said that Ghost Adventures has been there, and that's why I decided to start watching Ghost Adventures, which we could talk about maybe at the beginning of your episode or whatever. But um, (laughs) William Lemp purchased the home from his father-in-law in 1876. The home had 33 rooms, as well as tunnels in the basement through caves to the brewery. It also had an auditorium, a theater, a large concrete pool, and a bowling alley. Why do you need an auditorium in your house is my question. When you have so much money that you don't know what to do with it, that's why. Yes, so. Although the family was very successful in business, they had some tragedy that followed them around. The first tragedy to follow the family was when Frederick Lemp, William Sr.'s favorite son and his heir died in 1901 at the age of 28 of heart failure. That's why you don't have favorites. After his son's death, William Sr. began his slow withdrawal, and he was rarely seen in the public after his son died. Okay, that's actually really sad. On January 1st, 1904, William's best friend, Frederick Papps, which I'm pretty sure might be because it's spelled like the same P-A-B as T yeah, as the same as Pabst Blue Ribbon. So that makes sense. Kind of does. Also died, and this really took a toll on William Lemp. His physical and mental health began to decline, and on February thirteenth, nineteen oh four, William Senior died by suicide. Well, okay, so the Pabst dude was his son's best friend. No, correct? his best friend. His best friend. Okay. So I was going to say, if it's, like, your son's best friend, I could see that also causing a lot of trauma because, like, that's the one connection that you have left to your child. Well, not the one, but a big connection you have left to your child. But it was his best friend. But it was his best friend, which also is is devastating. I would say. Um, When William Sr. died, William Jr. took over the family business. He had a beautiful wife, Lillian, but he was known to be a player and kind of a dick. Um, my own words. No editorializing there, huh? <laughs> he would throw lavish parties in the caves of the house with um, sex workers. That's the correct term, correct? Yes. Okay. Not um, the P word. Right. 
free beer and all his friends. He did father a child with someone other than his wife, though. And it is said that the child was hidden away in the attic for his entire life. Oh, my God. The child was said to have been born with Down syndrome. And according to William Jr. was the embarrassment to the family. And that's why he had to be hidden away. I'm sorry, William Jr., you sound like you're the fucking embarrassment of your family. You piece Um, of shit. They did have a very terrible... Well, they called this child, I believe it was Monkey Boy. (gasps) No. Yeah. So... really shitty um in 1908 william jr filed from divorce from lillian and with this sounds like he did her a fucking favor william jr's troubles began nine other breweries in the st louis area combined to form the independent brewing company which created fierce competition for the lemp brewery um william jr's mother died of cancer and although the fortune was declining, the Limp Mansion was entirely remodeled in 1911, and the brewery was sort of left in disrepair. By World War One, it was barely staying afloat. In 1919, Prohibition came along, and William Jr. decided to close the brewery doors. Workers, I mean, what other choice do you have? Workers found out when they came to work the next day, and the gates were locked. Are you serious? Yes. On... Oh. March 20th, 1920, Elsa Lemp Wright, who was William Jr.'s sister and the wealthiest heiress in St. Louis, also unfortunately died by suicide, just like her father did years before. Oh, that's so sad. After the brewery declined, so did William Jr.'s health. He became quiet, nervous, and erratic, and shunned public life. And on December 29th, 1922, William Jr., I'm sure you can guess, also died by suicide in the very same building his father had died in 18 years before. Do you think that is something that is hereditary? I don't want to get into it. Okay. I I was just... Because, like... No, I don't think so. That just seems like a lot for one family. I don't mean that in an offensive way. I was just honestly curious. In 1943, William Jump Jr. Lemp Jr.'s son, William Lemp III, died of a heart attack at age 42. Now, I'm sure you're wondering who is living in the mansion at this point, and that would be William Jr.'s other brother, Charles, and William Jr.'s love child was still living in the attic. Um, I'm not going to call him his nickname. So, the love child died in his 30s in the mansion and was buried in a cemetery with just a marker saying limp. Um, Charles also began to act odd in his later years and he became the fourth person in the fem- limp family to die by suicide. Oh, that's so sad. He first that shot family. his Doberman in the basement before turning the gun on himself. The last limp left was Edward Lemp, who chose to live a quiet life in the countryside. And he died of an old age of natural causes. And his death, with his death, the Lemp family bloodline died out. How sad for him to be the last one left standing after all that tragedy. Uh, yeah, it's very sad. Um, the mansion was turned into a boarding house and the residents began speaking of ghosts. I mean, yes. Yeah. They hear footsteps and knocks throughout the mansion, um, and then, again, the mansion fell into disrepair. I believe they, like, moved out. 
I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. And until 1975, when Dick Pointer brought bought the mansion and turned it into an inn and a restaurant. Workers said they began seeing apparitions, hearing strange sounds, vanishing tools, and the feeling of being watched. Workers at the restaurant state that the they started hearing voices and sounds from nowhere. Glasses would often lift off the bar and fly through the air by themselves. Doors would lock and unlock by themselves. Lights unexpectedly would turn on and off, and the piano would play when no one was near it. The first time you saw a glass fly off of a of a countertop, I'd be out. You, I would be like, the fuck did I just see? Yeah, like I'd be like, that didn't really happen. Um, the attic of the mansion is said to be haunted by William Jr.'s illegitimate son. The boys often seen from the street peeking through the windows, and toys are moved around the attic room. One woman claims to have seen a man peeking over the stall in the bathroom in the bar downstairs, and this is thought to have been William Jr. Um, what a he, perv! He was kind of known as that, like, dick that I yeah. said before. Um, Once a dick, always a dick. William Sr.'s room. Guests report hearing someone running upstairs outside of the door, then a banging to try to get into the room. Uh, they say that when... William Sr. died. His son ran up the stairs and was banging. Oh, to try and get to him. So that's what they're saying. Maybe is replaying. The staff at the mansion also state that the caves in the basement have a lot of activity and they have even nicknamed this area the Gates to Hell. Today, the Lemp Mansion is a bed and breakfast restaurant and has a dinner mystery theater. And Fun. You can also take a ghost tour of the mansion to hopefully catch some ghosts. Emily, how much would I have to pay you to Zero. go? Uh, z- <laughs> lots of dollars. Um, <laughs> Zero chance. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I know. Now, the last place I'm going to talk about today is the Pythian Castle, which is located in Springfield, Missouri. The Pythian Castle was built in 1913 by the Knights of the Pythias. Now, the Knights of, the, of Pythias is a fraternal organization and a secret society that was founded in Washington, D.C. in February of 1864. So, like the Masons. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Membership to this fun organization is historically been open to allies in good health who believe to be, who believe in a supreme being. I just have to tell everybody when Emily said fun, she did a little hand flip. So I know that some shit's probably about to happen. Um, <laughs> now, let's see. Hold on. Where was I? Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, I really want to, I wanted to read the oath that Ooh. they have to take. Oh, God. Um, okay. So let me just, let's see if I can... I said read from Wikipedia because I tried to copy and paste it and it um, wouldn't paste, but now I need to find it. So okay. give me one second. No, that's totally fine. Out of the places that you are talking about, which one could I get you to go to? Um, maybe talk to me in my next episode. Okay. <laughs> so none from this episode. Not, You're like, no, absolutely not. I don't really. Even if we brought serious. No, does he? I think he could sense the ghosts. I think Sieva sensed ghosts. Okay, here we go. 
I declare upon honor that I believe in a supreme being, that I am not a professional gambler or unlawfully engaged in the wholesale or retail sale of intoxicating liquors or narcotics, and that I believe in the maintenance of the order and the upholding of constituted authority in the government in which I live. Moreover, I declare upon honor that I am not a communist or fascist, that I do not advocate, nor am I a member of any organization that advocates the overthrow of the government of this country of which I am a citizen, by force or violence or other unlawful means, and that I do not seek by force or violence to deny to another persons their rights under the laws of such country. The part that gets me is the supreme being. Yeah, because, like, what do they mean by that? Don't know. Um, really weird. The home was originally used as a retirement home for needy members of the order and their widows and children. Springfield was one of seven cities competing for the construction of the home, and they sold 53 acres to the Knights for, want to guess, guess. Mm, what year was this? Uh, 1909. A hundred dollars. One dollar. Oh! <laughs> it served as a meeting hall, so 53 acres for one dollar. So if you move my decimal over two spots, I would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> it served as a meeting hall for the order until 1942. In World War II, the U.S. military took over the castle, and it was used as a rehabilitation center for injured troop U.S. troops, and the basement was used as a prison for captured German, Italian, and Japanese troops. You can still see the drawings of the Japanese soldier on the cell walls downstairs. That feels like such a weird place to hold prisoners because it's not like it's on the East Coast or the West Coast. It's like in the middle of the country. Yeah. The property is now privately owned and can be rented out as event space. Some ghostly experience include bumping someone or something even though nothing is there, whistling melodies in the hallways, and sounds of a crowd of a crowd murmur even though the room is empty. Since the home was used for widows and orphan children, many people claim to hear child's voices, see toys moving around on their own, um, people see orbs in their photos, and pick up voices on EVP, which me and you both aren't really, like, really big into orbs. But No, not at all. You can tour the Python Castle if you would like. Um, they have both history and ghost tours. Or if you would like to do your own ghost investigation of the castle and spend some quality time with the ghosts, you can do that as well. That'd be dope. You and I have very different ideas of of that'd be dope, though. Yeah. (laughs) And that is my whole episode on Missouri. Like I said, I kind of went more in depth on, like, history and stuff. Yeah. Which wasn't my original intention. My next episode is not like that at all, but... I I feel like that kind of happened with mine, too. One, I went a little... Are you stuck, homeboy? There we go. Um, when I went a little bit more, like, into the history of some of them, and then the other one was, like, a little less so. Yeah. Um, my sources... Um, Do you have, like, a zillion sources? Because I feel like I had tons of sources. Since I only did three places. Oh, that's right. Not really, but... Um, onlyinyourstate.com, findagrave.com, kcpolicememorial.com, fbi.gov, legendsofamerica.com, missouripentours.com, limpmansion.com, wikipedia, stateoftheors.net, and pythoniancastle.com. I, I use only in your state too. I love only in your state for these. Super helpful. Yeah. 
Um, our so, socials are. Oh, you don't say anything else. I might as well just do them. Oh, right. I guess. Unless there's something else you want to talk about. Well, I just thought you'd maybe give me some thoughts, but. I mean, I would go to all of them. But I don't. I don't know. I didn't have a favorite. I don't think I. I find the history of Lemp really interesting. Um. Really sad. Really, really sad. That's a lot of death in one family. But I mean, eventually everybody in your family dies. But like, you not like, really that. like curses. What do you believe in? Like curses. Um, I just feel like that family might have been a little. I mean, or I, maybe the place because the one who decided to live a quiet life and move to the country just died of old age. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's like, I guess I kind of believe in believing in a curse so like if you believe your family has been cursed or you believe you've been cursed i think you're gonna remember things or notice things that are like bad luck or whatever but i don't know if i necessarily believe in an actual curse you know yeah okay now you can do socials. Okay. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for the permission um <laughs> so we are midwest madness podcast um facebook group and then MW Madness Podcast on Instagram. And um, that's our Gmail, too. And then Emily is, hi, I'm Emily for her personal. And I'm Danielle Harmony for my personal Instagram. Hi, I'm so Emily if, 13. Oh, yeah, 13. Sorry. I forgot the 13. Um, so if you want to, like, shoot us DMs or anything for story ideas or whatever, and you don't want us both to see it, um, that's when we can do that. I just thought I'd throw those out there because sometimes they're nice to know. And Emily posted like two pictures of Disney. <laughs> one. If, oh, sorry. Yeah. One picture of Disney. So I got to experience her trip through her friend Angie because thank God Angie posted photos because I was like, I wanted to see photos and you didn't do any. That's because I like to live in the moment. But I always regret it at the end because I, I never just have any photos. Her. But... <laughs> No, I'm, like, serious. I know, but... Like, I don't want to be the person who is just, like, living through their phone. So I try not to even really take it out, but... I mean, I I get that, but also, like, I like to remember the things, too. That's why we make a good travel duo, is because I like to take pictures, and then... And and if I need photos, Angie's got them all. Yeah, Angie had a lot of really good photos. Yeah. It looked like you had a a blast. Yeah. Until you got COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thankfully, I got COVID the day I got home, so... Or, like, your symptoms showed up that day, right? Yeah. So, so, and I'm glad that I didn't come pick you guys up, because I was like, if you need me to, I can come get you. But, yeah. Okay, well, um, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.